0: People of the Book on 101.9 High FM.
1: And now for the second half of the show, we have in the studio Tracy Schwaser from Jonathan Ball Books. It's a really action-packed day today.
0: Thank you for having me again, and particularly with the weather and after such a wonderful interview with Rajesh. My goodness, I was riveted.
1: This is a brilliant day for a book show because overcast for the second day in a row, most people just want to curl up in, in bed with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate and a book. So what books do you have?
0: Well, I, I nearly <laughs> did stay at home with a cup of hot chocolate this morning and thought about phoning in myself because my son is back from boarding school and he was going to... Come along to the radio show And he's now decided That actually it was better to stay in bed Um, But in terms of what we're going to talk about today I wanted to flag a slightly older title of ours Which actually follows on quite nicely In terms of what Rajesh was saying um, About... This period that we've just emerged from in South Africa, and I think we will have revelations for years to come about the ins and outs of all the deals and where things went wrong and how they went wrong. But a book that Jonathan Ball published towards the end of last year, it was round about the same time that President's Keeper came out, and it was written by Chippy Olver, Crispian Olver, ANC member. And it's called How to Steal a City, the Battle for Nelson Mandela Bay. And the reason that I want to speak about it again is obviously because we've got the motion of no confidence vote coming up. Goodness, isn't it? It's on the 24th. What is the date today? or What is the 25th? Anyhow, the the vote of no confidence against Athol Trollope is going ahead. And if you are even vaguely interested in what has happened within the ANC, you really do, if you haven't, need to pick up a copy of this book. It's incredibly compellingly written. It reads like a thriller. Chippy Olver was sent in by the ANC, by Praveen Gordon, um, to straighten out the Nelson Mandela Bay municipality, which at the time was sort of reeling in corruption scandals around their rapid transport bus system against, you know, the building of stadiums. So Chippy Olver is sent in by Praveen Gordon as a man that he trusts implicitly to sort out this situation. And Chippy arrives and finds just absolute chaos. And for what's interesting, following on from Rajesh's interview in Gupta TV, the Guptas don't feature in Nelson Mandela Bay. There is a whole nother group of beneficiaries of this endemic corruption and Chippy himself over the course of the book and I found that quite interesting you know he starts off as the fixer and things are going well and he's gone in with Danny Jordan just ahead of the municipal elections and they're going to clean things up and um, but then Chippy gets pulled into the fundraising aspect of the ANC's election campaign and his conflict becomes very real very quickly. And this is a man of incredible integrity who has the trust of people with incredible integrity who at the end of his time in Nelson Mandela Bay, which ends with threats to his life and. Um, His health has suffered, his mental health, his physical health. He finds himself at the end of this period in very compromised positions. And as I say, for a man with great integrity to have found himself in this situation where he looks back and he says, wow, that was not my best me. That was not me with integrity acting there because the system itself is broken. Um, so, do if you haven't read How to Steal a City and if you can handle any more drama, um, do pick it up. It's a fascinating read. So and it
1: actually adds another layer of understanding to the current struggle between the Anthony
0: Trollope and Julius Malema. Very much so. and fact, what I found for the first time reading it, and obviously I've read a lot of non-fiction South African books over the years because that's what I sell and what I specialize in, I was fascinated by the insider accounts of how it is that the ANC actually works, the step-by-step and how you go about the fundraising and how this conflation between party and municipality or party and states, state becomes entirely ubiquitous in the way that the system is set up. And I, you know, for me, it's this sort of opaque system with the ANC sitting quietly in caucus and solving things in amongst themselves and then coming out with a party line. So hearing what actually goes on behind the scenes is fascinating An involvement of the Jesse Duarte's involvement of Gwede Mantash, how they fit into the structure of the ANC. It's it's fascinating, and it really does read as if you are reading a... I'm trying to think of a... like a, a Robert Ludlum sort of born identity sort of thriller. It reads that compellingly. So, yes, do pick it up if you haven't seen it yet. And then to something completely different that is just exceptionally beautiful. It's available now in stores in hardback. It's published by Fourth Estate, and it's a memoir called Maybe Esther by Katya Petroskaya. Would that be hard to pronounce it? Petroskaya. Um, And it is Katya's story. Katya was born in Kiev, and really had quite a small family around the table at dinner parties her mother was a teacher and a lot of her mother's students would come to dinners but essentially she could count on her two hands her family members and born in Kiev living in Russia her story is very much connected to the story of 20th century Europe and 19th century and 18th century before then but it starts with her needing to trace this family, feeling this hole in her heart for the people who she'd lost along the way. And it's her trying to put together her family tree, but written – written, it reads like a novel. It reads like poetry. It's exceptionally beautiful. And it's called Maybe Esther because her great-grandmother was an Esther – or she thinks her name was Esther – a Levy – and she you know, g- catches trains to tiny towns in Poland to track down the Hillers or the Gellers. She doesn't actually know what the surname is. And trying to give flesh and stories to these names that she picks up along the way by looking through Google. So it is her story through her family tree. It was translated from the German It was published there in 2013. It was a Spiegel bestseller. It is exceptionally beautiful, beautiful writing, amazing memoir. It's a a Jewish
1: genealogy, and she's tracking down family members up the family tree from the most obscure hints, just like secretive
0: whispers in the wind. She, her grandmother Rosa, as she was going blind, started writing down her life story on pieces of paper. And Katia says that none of them were ever in order. Some of the lines would go and the pages weren't in order. Some would go horizontally, some vertical, writing on top of each other. And she said she realized ultimately that Rosa was writing the book for herself to remember rather than necessarily for somebody else. But that's what she was going on. So that's
1: Maybe Esther. It's a great title as well. It is beautiful. We'll be back with Tracy with more books from Jonathan Ball straight after this ad break.
0: People of the Book on 101.9 High FM.
1: This is People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. We've got Tracy Schweizer from Jonathan Ball Books in the studio. And we're going through a pile of really Oh, they're brilliant t- titles, How to Steal a City I mean if that title doesn't grab your attention An Inside Account of The Battle for Nelson Mandela Bay by Crispy and Olver and then Maybe Esther which is also as you've just described the book that's the most apt title for this the search for a family tree across the Ukrainian and the Polish border looking at Jewish history
0: Absolutely. Um, and I'm just going to quickly actually read you just a little paragraph from the back here, just in terms of how beautifully poetic the writing is. Um, as a child, I thought a family tree was something like a Christmas tree, a tree with decorations from old boxes. Some baubles break, fragile as they are. Some angels are ugly and sturdy and remain intact through every move. In any case, a Christmas tree was the only family tree we had, bought new every year, then thrown away a day before my birthday. It's, it's just exceptionally beautiful. It's poetry. It's so that is Esther. maybe Easter, And then again, from the sublime to the ridiculous, I wanted to highlight a new financial guide that we've bought out, written by, I think, probably one of Jonathan Bull's coolest authors. Um, Her name is Sam Beck-Bessinger and Sam is a creative writing graduate from Cape Town who has become, I wouldn't say necessarily by accident, but Sam has become a financial expert and she became an expert just because she wanted to know how to manage her own money. And she then started advising her friends on how to manage theirs. She's developed apps. She's, yeah, you know, she taught herself everything you need to know about managing your money. And she's now written a book for us based on her friends' requests to write the book because her advice has been so valuable to them. And it's called Manage Your Money Like a Neffing Grown-Up. And the target market is 25-year-old. Sam says the target market is her at 25, actually. Um, but what she aims to do is to demystify the concept of money. Have you, as a youngster, in a position where you start growing your money from day one. Um don't buy the expensive car. She says, if you can get a bit away with it, don't buy a car at all. And a sort of fascinating looks at the sort of psychology of money in the first chapter as well. And one of the the little snippets this morning that I thought was quite interesting, and it's based on research from an American university. I can't think which one at the moment. But the research states that money kind of buys you happiness, but not really up to earning a certain point, you get happier and happier and happier. And for our South African world, she has calculated – she she puts down exactly how she's calculated. It's wildly complicated for me as a bookie person. Um, but for a South African, if you are earning 45,000 rand and above a month, you become no happier – the more you earn over and above that 45000 rand so yes of course money buys you freedom but that is our limit that is as happy as you get with 45000 rand a month but i i i have loved reading it because i'm i'm a full-on head-in-the-sand ostrich when it comes to financial affairs. I take money out of the bond to pay school fees and submit my tax returns late and I just, I'm head-in-the-sand about money issues. So I loved it as somebody in my 40s but I think if you have a youngster in your life who's coming out of university who, you know, because we don't talk about financial literacy with children. We don't talk about Postponing buying that car, what you could, you know, the reality that regardless of what you're earning, even if you're only earning 10,000 Rand a month, if you save one third of that, you will be a millionaire. And I think 17 years was there, which is not an extraordinary, extraordinarily long time. But if you have a youngster in your life who is going out on their own, even before they go to university, looking what they want to study. Buy them this book because she also gives advice there and says, you know, in terms of what you want to do as a degree, do you just do a safe – because the safe middle-class dream is to go off to university, do a good degree like business science or a law degree, even though you know you're going to hate it. But you're just going to do it and you're going to live for the weekend. How to find the things to do that will enable you to earn the sort of money that allows you that freedom. So – that is Sam Beck-Bessinger's Manage Your Money. She's actually going to be at Exclusive Books Rosebank next Wednesday um, giving a small workshop. So, And she's also giving a talk at the first Forbes Africa – I think they're calling them – I can't remember exactly what they're calling the talks. But if you have a look on our website, you'll be able to see she'll be giving a workshop in Rosebank for Forbes Africa the evening beforehand and she's great fun she's just really cool she's not she's not a terrifying finance person she's wonderful so that is Sam to buy for the young people in your life and if you like me also have a chaotic financial life it is it is it is worth reading and then the next one that i picked up quite by chance and I think I might have found it on the shelf when you were last in the Jonathan Ball office and I thought oh I'd like to give this one a try it's non-fiction published by Bloomsbury called Get Well Soon written by a man called Nick Durden who's a journalist well respected written a couple of novels writes for The Guardian writes articles for the Sunday Times in the UK, well-respected journalist who goes on holiday with his family one year and develops a... T- oh, hang on, no, he'd actually gone, he'd gone on a business trip on his own. And he got this terrible virus where he was really sort of knocked out, like he barely remembers the flight back to the UK. He was just shattered. Um, and post having this Illness, he just doesn't get better. Things in his life just don't come right to the point where he's now eventually diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And it details this very, I sort of, literary, stick to the rules, very sensible young man's foray into. Oftentimes, alternative health, but just actually being in ill health. um, He was always, because he was a writer, he was the one who stayed at home with their child and he would take their daughter off to the park and he literally couldn't manage to push the pram to the park two kilometers away and his world became smaller and smaller and smaller and even though his wife initially is wildly concerned she starts getting frustrated because she's living with the basket case and He's devastated because he doesn't feel like there's anything he can do and this exhaustion just won't let him go. And it's his story over the period of a year trying to come to terms with now being chronically ill and how he tries to get himself out of that and he does he does some outlandish things that a guardian journalist would never thought of doing you know he puts those tea bags on his feet to detox and just in desperation for help
1: so that's get well soon and it's by nick durden now we'll be back with a few more books trace has got a few more in a pile for all our listeners here on high FM. after this ad break
0: People of the book on
1: 101.9 High FM. It has become one of the most anticipated events of the year, and this year it could be you taking thousands of Rands of groceries home for Pesach. Gratis, free, and for nothing. It's the Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood great big exodus trolley dash. Here's how it works. Every time you shop at Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood, make sure you write your contact details on the back of the slip. Then pop it into the box at the information kiosk. The name drawn for the trolley dash on Tuesday the 27th of March will get 60 seconds to make their way down the Pesach aisle. Whatever you put into the trolley, you take home, courtesy of Pick and Pay Harper Norwood. That's the lowdown on the 2018 Great Big Exodus Trolley Dash. What are you waiting for? Do it. This is People of the Book. We've had an action-packed show today from Rajesh Sundaram, the author of Indent. indentured to a long list of great titles from Jonathan Ball and Tracy still has a few cards up her sleeves (laughs) one of them is uh, Madeline Miller Novel
0: Yes, the new Madeline Miller has arrived, which is very exciting. Well, it hasn't arrived in stores yet, but the book proofs have. And I feel like I have to talk about it because I loved it so much. Now, Madeline, her debut novel was called The Song of Achilles. And it was a contemporary retelling of the Iliad. Um, And I think the time that it came out was sort of, it was perfectly relevant at that time. And her new book is now Circe. And it tells the story of the witch, Circe, from Odysseus's odyssey. Um, she was the witch who had turned all the men on her island into beasts of burden. Um, and what Madeline does, you know, sometimes with an author, I think, goodness, are you sort of tapped into some pre, uh, like a sort of, pre-deja vu of where we're going to be culturally, because clearly Madeleine has been writing this for a long time. She's a um, a classic scholar, lecturer, and it's coming out now in the time when we are talking about women's rights, when we are talking about hashtag me too, um, when we are talking about women's role in history and women having been painted as witches throughout that role. Um, So she tells the story of Cersei as i was obviously set in the right time, um but she tells it as a contemporary story, and it is a sympathetic to Circe story, what would have made this young woman who she was, the first witch, the first outcast you know sent off to an island by zeus, and she has i she has a sort of feckless mother, who's a naiad, who's entirely selfish, and her father is Helios, um, and he obviously, as the son, is wildly distant and powerful. And Circe is different from the time that she's born. She doesn't have the deep, booming voice of the god. She's got a screechy voice like a hawk. But that screechy little voice is the human voice, which allows her to connect with humans in the same way that Prometheus connected with humans. But it's So it's the story set in Greek mythology, but with a character who you know and who feels very contemporary to you. Um the outcast who makes her own future who makes her own world despite what has been done to her it's very very beautiful and i loved every second of it i think i read it in sort of 2 3 nights amazingly done she's an incredible author so that is Madeline Miller's Circe And then if we have one more minute, I just quickly want to mention the new Sabine Durant called Take Me In. This is going to be one of Hodder's big releases of the year. Crazy, claustrophobic, psychological thriller. A young boy... he's a toddler, goes on holiday with his parents and his mom has gone to change in the change room, the dad sort of nods off because it's the first day of holiday, he nods off on the beach and the son flops into the water and is saved would have drowned, is saved by a good Samaritan, pulls him out of the water, but this good Samaritan becomes anything but as he starts insinuating himself into the lives of this family it was such an uncomfortable claustrophobic read but a wonderful thriller. So do look for Take Me In by Sabine Durant.
1: So what I will be doing is I will post all these titles on our Facebook page over the course of the weekend. So all these books if you've found that they've really piqued your interest and you want to go out and buy one of the titles that Tracy has mentioned will be on our Facebook page. So go to Facebook, search for people of the book on 101.9 FM, and scroll down to all the old posts as well for inspiration next time you are in a bookshop. And it has be, been a full, full, full show from Rajesh Sundaram in India, in Chennai, who spoke to us about his book, Indendent, to this fantastic selection of books that traces like a curator, just picking them <laughs> off the shelves and finding the very best of reading material that we all want to just curl up in our warm duvets and uh, just jump into a book. So until next time, and next time is actually in three weeks' time. Next week is the uh, area of Pesach. The following week is the last days of Pesach. So until three weeks' time, keep reading. Good Shabbos. Have a Pesach. And uh, as I said, keep reading.